this podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like s*** and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Hello and welcome to the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Go on. Joe! And I am John. We just had to take that again because I tried an abbreviated form of the introduction, I guess. We did. You know why? It's because I'm so excited to get to our discussion today with our two returning guests. That's right. Joe, why don't you introduce our guests for us? So we have Cinto Ramos Jr. sitting over here to my left. He is on the Fort Worth ISD school board. He's been with us to talk about uh, education and race relations in America. He was with us last week, as was his good friend, Frank. Oh, I'm going to put you. Minicon. Minicon. All right. There we go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, junior, who is the COO, COO of Melanin. Melanin Origins. Man, there you would go. think I'd get better at this. What's your MO? That's right. What's your MO? That's that right. is the tagline. So there you go. They, uh, it is a publishing. God, I am. Terrible introductions. Why do you it's trust a, it me? It is a children's with publishing the uh, children's publishing company. Yeah, you can also follow them on Instagram at uh, uh, Melanin Origins. I was in the middle of That's making right. a purchase, and then yeah. John was like, "Intro," and I was like, "Oh no!" See the millennial using his uh, phone to purchase stuff what from Frank's company. Oh, oh yeah. So there we go. That. No, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So it, it's awesome to have these two dads back um, because this time we are going to, to fo- shift the focus to talking about you know more of the the dad angle of the, the whole being a man. And, and how being a man or being a father changed us or changed our perspective of being a man, how we teach our kids and our sons and daughters uh, to how to be, a, you know, like what our idea of being a man is, what to expect from um, the men in their lives. That's right. So, so we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to the discussion. We have returned to continue our discussion on what it means to be a man, because we're so qualified yeah. to talk. Yeah. About, no, I don't know. <laughs> really, is there a qualification more than just being a man? No, there's not. I don't know. Uh, anyways, depends on who you talk to. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. One of the things I was I was interested in getting into in this episode a little bit more, uh, although we touched on this last episode, um, is for each of you guys sitting at the table. Um, you're all dads. How did your concept of what it means to be a man change or did it change when you guys became fathers very good so i think i think that's time to start with frank and we'll go counterclockwise around the table awesome if that's cool okay well you know as growing up i like i said i had a really good relationship with my dad and and most of our conversation was about being a man and being responsible and when you step into these shoes one day because you will this is what it needs to look like so i really had i had a lot of expectations and also let me back up a little bit i was the second oldest in my family and i have three younger brothers so my father was like those are yours <laughs> <laughs> so everything i teach you you teach them and right. i'll be able to see 
you know, if those lessons are, are being taught appropriately. Right. So there was, you know, and when I say pressure, it's not a negative pressure. It was more like I wanted to, you know, I wanted to live up to the expectation. So I really took it seriously. And, and I, spent, I spent a lot of time with my brothers talking to them the same way my dad talked to me. Um, so so I had, had kind of like a trial run before I had kids. And when I had kids, I had a son first. My son is the oldest. And then I had a daughter. Now, when I had a daughter, <laughs> that's when it was really different for me. Because I was like, okay, well, I have to, you know, I, I just thought I was going to be a father. I was going to have all boys. And so I was going to have to just kind of stay in the mold that I was in. But when I had a daughter, things did definitely change for me. And I had to, I had to be different. You know what I mean? I had to be a little more sensitive, which is good. I had to listen more and talk less. I had to explain more. And it was more than just do it because I said so, you know. And I, I couldn't intimidate her, you know what I mean? So it, it was really another level of learning becoming a father becoming a different type of father and becoming a different type of man but even with that it helped me with my son because i was like okay well i didn't give him this side of dadhood so let me double back and and try to be like that with him as well um so it was really a it, I mean, and I'm constantly learning. Don't get me wrong. I didn't, I didn't right. learn everything when my daughter was born, and now I'm finished because I think that <laughs> the, the concept of being is becoming as well. So I'm constantly becoming better, and, and they are the ones that are challenging me as a man and as a father to grow. Like, the things they present me with are the things that help me grow as a father and as a man. So it's continuous, you know. But, uh, but it did change when I had a little girl. When I had a son, I was good because I had my dad and I had brothers, and everything was good. But when I had a daughter, I had to, I had to kind of put on a different set of armor. You know? Do you think? It, I'm wondering how how much of that was was the majority of that just based off of the way that that she interacted with you or that she would react to you, or I, I mean, how was any of that informed by your idea of like, oh man, now I'm modeling what a man should be for my daughter that's one day going to grow up and, and yeah, as she gets older. Right now, she's seven years old. So in the beginning, it was more like. You know, I changed because of how she was responding to me. You know, gotcha. like, oh, my God. You know, that they've told, they told me about, you know, daddy's little girls and how they, they own your heart and they make you male and all that. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm feeling that, too. So as a baby, it was just like I was just a big, soft, cuddly thing. But as she started getting older, it started being about, like, opening doors and, and, and talking to her and talking to my, my son about protecting your sister. And, and most of what I was saying around her was so she can listen to what she should expect in men moving forward. So when I'm talking to my son, she's paying attention to, to him. I mean, she's paying attention to me about the things that I'm saying to him about what, what I expect him to be as a man. So then she's taking that as, okay, well, if he expects him to be there as a man, then I should probably expect that in a man. You know, so I'm careful about the things that I'm saying and making sure that those things are consistent. Like I want my son to be the type of man that my daughter looks at and says, okay, this is the kind of man that I want, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not an easy thing because we don't know everything. You know, right. We're constantly <laughs> learning. And, and sometimes I might get, you know, some, some information from her that maybe what you said wasn't correct gotcha. <laughs> or something might happen. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? I, I need to rethink that. Maybe I need to do that in a different way. Um, so, but I think that the pride has to go away and I have to recognize, you know what? Daddy didn't, didn't really, um, think that through and I told you the wrong thing and you know this is probably the best way to, to think about this or handle this and like I said a lot of that comes with the situations that we're that we're in and that we're faced with and then sometimes that happens with some of the things that they say you know some of the things that they say like one time for example real quick 
me and my wife were looking at something from a movie. I think it was Friday, and the guys were hugging, saying what's up or whatever. And my son said, hey, that's gay. What? <laughs> Come yeah. here. Let's talk about this. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> you know, I know you have older sons, so it's probably a little bit different now. But there's so many moments like that where we have to stop everything. We have yeah. to stop everything. Hey, come on over here. And if my, my little girl's not around, I'm like, hey, go get Morgan. Come sit down. We have to talk. Daddy and Mommy and, and Z and Morgan, we have to get in the sit room and have a conversation <laughs> about things. We've got to figure this thing out, you know, because, you know, we don't know where these things are coming from. But what, yeah. the, what I learned is that that school, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of things and a lot of kids running around, a lot of ideas and a lot of little different worlds running around in that school. And obviously our kids are exposed to that. So those things come home and we discuss. Yeah, it, the, the the whole like the brakes get slammed on. Oh, yeah. Everything stops. Yes, everything stops. You know, what you know, this stems for and like there was a situation with with Ellie where um, she was well, I don't know like watching the prices ride or something and, and she's basically like I don't want the brown woman to win. And Teresa and I are like WTF like where did this come from? So we had to sat, sit down and basically you know we had to explain like the you know the. It, Something we talked about when when Cito was on the first time, and um, it's something that's very relevant. Is, is race is relevant, a very relevant issue in our country. Mm-hmm. And my daughter is is a little, a little, you know, a little racist. Wa- yeah, a little racist. No, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, she, you know, like <laughs> oh, no. she she is not going to be mistaken for another race. Like, uh-huh. and, and I don't want her growing up with the, from that a attitude. Whole country. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. oh dude. That 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 is oh. probably a whole other. We could probably sit and rant on that for like three I hours. I wanted the reaction. Yeah. She does. Shit. Whole country. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. I feel like that's been trending enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we would get all kinds of attention if we were to hashtag that. Oh my oh, goodness. No. Um, but you know, but, but even that. So it's like you know, like, if you take in that, like the 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 break the just you stop down and i mean our current the current leader of the free world says some things and we take that as an opportunity to explain it's like now you may hear this in the news because of what god which is what she calls her grandmother is watching or whatever Uh we need to explain like and so there are some things and then she's not going to understand but what my wife and i want is to do something I talked about the last episode is consistency, that yes. message of consistency. Yes. Um, to answer John's question of like, how did that change is, I, I think that I found a calling in my life, in my professional career, where it's I like to train people. I like mm-hmm. to take the knowledge that I have and pass on what I feel is the most e- efficient way of, of mm-hmm. doing things. I work in the corporate world. There's always more efficient ways to do things. But when Ellie was born, I, I, I saw the opportunity to pass on the life experiences that I've had, the mistakes that I've made, what I've been able to learn. And I look forward to teaching her those lessons, but also it made me more observant of what opportunities do I have. Mm -hmm. I mentioned before that, you know, improving and it's how can I improve? Um, You know, and another thing that's relevant right now, the whole hashtag me too thing where it's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's come out very much in the the workforce. So we are our, the company that Joe and I work for has been very you know upfront with this is not acceptable behavior in our mm-hmm. environment, right. and, and teaching my my daughter what is and what is not okay in the workplace generally from men, but also from women too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what 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 not to expect, and I feel like as a man to say it is not okay for any man to ever say or do this. You know, unless, you know. And that, and that's a good point. You know, I 
just can't, to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, not to steal your thunder, but no, like, fine. I, I read a, a really good article about like, um, uh, you know, there's a lot that's been going on about consent, and, and it's evolving more now. Uh, it caught my attention when the stuff about Aziz Ansari came on, and I don't want to touch that. But what I do want to touch on is the fact that it's starting a conversation of what is acceptable on a cultural basis, and, like, right. the gold standard should not be consent. It's like, just because someone says yes doesn't mean, like, where are they coming from? You know, right. like, how do they feel? Are they feeling pressured? Are you pressuring them? Are they not pressured? Like, read the room, basically. Yeah. And it's like how, so for me, it's like, I got to teach my daughter to be strong, stand up for herself and speak out in the right. moment. And, you know, it doesn't matter like whether you're rude. It's like, no, it's, it's you, it's your body, your rules, that kind of thing. And then also my son to like, you need to understand when someone is really not okay with whatever you're about to do, even if they're saying yes, like you, you have to understand both sides of it. So you don't put yourself in a position where you could be called out for something or you put someone else in a position where they feel uncomfortable enough to say no, you know, so it's like, mm -hmm. and so I, I it's really t like hitting home for me because I'm, I'm grappling with this. I'm revisiting like, how do I approach situations? How did I approach situations when I was dating? And it's, it's, yeah, it's exactly what you said. You have to teach them to be strong and, and knowledgeable in the moment and, and beyond. Right. And you know, I think another thing, just something that kind of thought about while you were speaking right. is, just, you know, a lot of times we normalize certain behaviors. Right. And um, and I know in my house with my kids, obviously, they're nine and seven. So they're constantly around each other, going after each other, things like that. But one thing that, that kind of caught my wife and I's attention is my daughter and my son when they're playing and hearing the word no, like, over and over and over and over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we had to have a conversation with her about, and my son also, about, hey, when somebody says no, whether you're playing or if somebody says no, like, that's the end of it. I shouldn't right. have to hear her repeated. yeah repeatedly yeah, right. saying no and then at the same time even with my daughter you know you, you shouldn't be joking around and and, and using right. that term as well like we don't want to normalize that kind of behavior if you don't want something or if you're not feeling comfortable about certain behaviors that your brother's displaying like when you say no you got to understand that that's probably going to send off alerts to a lot of people around yeah. you yep uh, but but just constantly saying no especially with my son i said when somebody says no that's that's a that's a complete sentence, right? And you should only hear it one time. Right. I shouldn't be hearing it repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I think part of it is is there's a way of saying it with authority. And, and as as a father and and as a man, there's, there's times I talk to I did the same thing with my wife, where it's like there is an author there's an authoritative authoritative tone to my voice, mm -hmm. and you know you can be like ha, ha, no 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 you know and it's like especially with kids we'll be like no no you shouldn't do that, mm -hmm. but there's a difference of being like no. Like when you dad voice them <laughs> and that authority, <laughs> and, and and you're saying like, but let's not lessen that word. Let's mm -hmm. make sure that that word is what it is. And the thing is, is saying it with authority. You're being like, that's enough. You know, it's it, it's those things, and, and basically you're teaching her that it's like you set the limits. You know, um, you know, in, in in helping her find the rails. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna strong arm guidance, but that I'm setting. I'm setting her on the rails that I want her to be on, you know, and there's, she's going to go off the rails at some point, but that, you know, from the, it has been, has, has our message and my message been consistent enough to get her back on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's been, it's, it's, and, and it's one of the things is we have to constantly evolve. I have to constantly evolve as a person. I'm not who I was five years ago before she was born. I'm not who I was 10 years ago. Um, you know, but before I was able to reconcile my relationship with John, I wasn't who I was 15 years ago, 
and it's you know being constantly willing to evolve. Now, of course, as she's getting older and more intelligent, it's involving who I am as a man, who I am as a person every year, sometimes every three months, because <laughs> she is just constantly changing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, that that's I think that's that's what it is for me is just that that consistency and saying this is what to expect. You know, and and yes, there's, you have the whole boys will be boys mentality. So I can be like, look, boys are going to do this because this is what boys do. That doesn't mean that it's right, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's like, and she's not going to believe me, you know. Oh, Dad, you don't you don't know them. You don't know him, dude. Scott is so awesome. He is such a great guy. You Scott. don't know you don't know who he, I don't know the first name that I pulled. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, and that's the thing is being like. It's just interesting, and that that's a whole other bridge. It's easy to see here and say. Yeah, we got a little far afield, yeah, from our initial initial, yeah. initial topic. But let's let's throw it over to, yeah, to Cento. And uh, yeah, I'm just curious, Cento, how did becoming a father change your opinion of what a man should be? It was an immediate change I had, and then to to kind of connect with what Galan was just speaking on, um, uh, as far as time frames, I, I became a father at 22, and having my son. Um, at that age, I literally mimicked all the things that I loved about my father, and I tried to avoid the things that I didn't love about my father. And I found myself being uh, very loving to the point where I'm smothering him on a regular basis. Um, I, I, I had a father who, growing up, uh, unless he gave me a really good spanking, uh, I, I may not have gotten a hug or a kiss from him. Um, someone who didn't know how to tell me that he loved me with the words, but he knew how to express it and show it. Um, it's something that uh, I remember as I got older and as I became a father, I, I went and, and hugged my father, hugged my mother, and um, tell them that I love them. And my father has adapted. And every time we sit down to break, break bread together, uh, it's a big hug, a big kiss on the cheek, and constantly saying that we love each other. So that's growth uh, in that arena. But for me, I wanted my sons to hear from me as often as possible. The part that uh, I had to ensure was that I, that I demonstrate it and that I show it to them. Um, ironically, my mom is the only one who still hasn't adapted to telling me that she loves me. Um, even at a point when, when we thought she was on her deathbed, and thank God she, she didn't pass, um, I told her I loved her, and I told her I needed to hear her tell me that she loved me, and she just couldn't do it. And she said, you know, I just, I don't know what it is. And, and I don't want to generalize and say that it was a cultural thing, that it was a Mexican. I think that was just a my mom thing type of scenario. Um, so for me, immediate. So from my, my oldest son to my middle son, I remember when, when all three were born, I remember specifically um, the, the, the thought process I was going through and this idea that I was maturing to some degree. I also now reflect on my friends who are just now having kids or just recently when they're in their late 30s or early 40s, and I watched them on how loving and how patient they are. And I think that at the time when I was 22, I'm trying to put food on the table, I'm trying to finish college, um, and, and feeling all the stressors um, that I had to feel at that time, but it was a no comparison to probably what my parents were going through. And then, I, then things made more sense. No wonder my dad was short on um, patience some days. No wonder he was pretty quick to snap um, if, if I got out of line because growing, you know, having my oldest son and it was a really exciting time, I also realized when he was about three, four, five that my patience was running short because I'm worried about how am I going to pay this bill, you know, my wife uh, having to deal with, you know, what, what are we going to do in these scenarios because we're young parents. So now that I have an 11-year-old and I'm older, I just had the conversation with my sons not too long ago. I sat him down in the living room and I said, you know, 
unfortunately, my oldest, you took you took the hits. And in the middle one, you took less. And in the younger one, you're spoiled as crap right now. <laughs> <laughs> and probably in a good way because he's very responsive. And I think that there's also a lot to be said of siblings that notice what other siblings should or shouldn't be doing. Right. And so my 11-year-old, um, I told, it was, it was also ironic that my youngest one, uh, I told the two older boys, I said, I, I hear you talking about how you have fear of me in certain times. I hear how you hesitate to tell me something. Um, and I said, the 11-year-old is the one that calls me out the most in this household. <laughs> so my little Sammy boy is quick to say, hey, you know, hey, I haven't seen you today. Uh, you were at work. And, um, you know, when are you going to come home? When are you going to come eat with me or when are you going to play this video game with me? Or when are you going to watch this TV show to where the other two are just kind of like, uh, you know, they were socialized and that's that. But uh, the real conversation for me of what a man is has been a journey and I'm still on it because even as my 20 and my 18 year old or my 18 year olds about to leave the home, I'm still learning lessons and those boys are still teaching me. And then we go right back. Got my wife who holds me accountable. A wife who says, my job is not to be your fan. My job is to hold you accountable. And being a good husband and being a good father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you, Joe? That was a weird voice. <laughs> who was that? <laughs> I don't know. Who just tr- joined us at the table? <laughs> his true self. Scott, is that you? No. <laughs> yeah. Scott is so great. <laughs> oh my like the best. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the stuff that I struggle with as far as how does fatherhood change you and, and be a man is – you know, I, I will agree that it's a lot of, I find myself having to struggle for patience as far as figuring out how to provide in certain situations. And one of the biggest things for me when I became a dad was going, there's a lot of crap that I haven't figured out that I've been kind of bandaging over. Like, well, I'll figure this out eventually. I'll figure this out eventually. And then, I, I you know, it's like warp speed. You got to figure it out now or sink or swim. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the stuff that I deal with on a daily basis is those tough conversations that you see come up you know, in culture, in society now. And I think, how can I, as a, you know, a white male with two white kids, how do I translate a lot of these lessons to make it relevant and to make them understand different points of view? And, you know, it, it's a, you talked about, you know, Ellie mentioning that about uh, the person on TV. And, and I was playing, uh, you know, pretend with Sylvie the other day and she was like, bang, bang, I kill you, you're dead. And like, I stopped and that was a trigger for me. And I went, hey, let's, as if I got real serious. I was like, killing's not okay. We're not even gonna pretend that. That's not a thing we need to pretend. That's not, let's not joke around about that. And she's like, why? And you know, she's two, right? So we have as best a conversation as we can have. But I said, because when you kill somebody, that's instant, that's instantaneous. That person is gone forever. They're not coming back. And my wife was a little like, why are you saying this? I'm like, well, I need her to understand the seriousness of this. Because like, you can play pretend and you can play like superheroes and whatever. But I was like, all these superheroes, they're not killing people. They're bringing people to justice, right? So that's like the, the umbrella that we use. And so now it's kind of shifted her way of thinking. So when we play, she's like, I bring you to justice <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. And it's funny and, it, and it's sweet. And, but I felt like it's those moments where you're laying the foundation for how they're going to perceive interactions mm-hmm. later on. And I was, I was talking to somebody, uh, a friend of mine about that, and they're like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, it's not a big deal now, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a big deal later, or it could be. And I want to stop these you know, situations and, and words and perceptions in their tracks at the source. So that's, mm-hmm. that's something I deal with on a, a daily basis in the conversation. It's, it's, it's tough conversations to grapple. 
with, but I feel like they're necessary. What if you What if you prefer how Frank Castle brings people? You know, this we're not. We're not. That's that's because that's a whole other different level. That's that's a different conversation. I'm not gonna tell my. I'm not gonna show my two year old the Punisher. So yeah, it has to be four before you get to the Punisher. I think that's interesting that you 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 stop a two year old from doing you know like bang bang you're dead because when like Ellie and I will play Minecraft and in Minecraft she knows like you kill things. Right. You, but she, you know, for that it's killing zombies, things. But it's mm-hmm. like she and the the little boy across the street will play Minecraft and, and, and do all that kind of stuff. So I think it's it's interesting. Cause I think you and I have different approaches, which I mean, it, I mean it's a different conversation, right. conversation for a different episode. But it, it it's interesting that, it, that like you stopped down and was like, I teach my two year old or practically three year old right. that you, like that's a very heavy conversation. Yeah. For a, a three-year-old, but it goes back to, I guess, to me for like the the consistency consistency thing. If you want to have a message, yep. But it's just interesting that that would probably make for a an interesting at least mini segment in an episode of like dealing with what are the limits of play pretend and everything right. like that. But uh, right. well, I would say, John, how do you feel finding out you were a father changed? changed what if we were just like, <laughs> by the way, you're a dad. Right. We have someone here <laughs> to talk yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That, that's not funny. Joe. You remember Shirley? That's no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not funny, Joe. <laughs> I'd say I guess I am qualified to tell you guys what yeah. being a man John is. John suddenly found out he is a 15-year-old. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Guys, what haven't we covered as far as no, being a man? Yeah. I mean, I feel manly after listening to you guys manly. talk about I, being I need a to go man. Out, I need to go out and nail some, nail some boards right, together. Right. Build yeah. a shed. I'm going to build yeah. a pallet so I can take the pallet apart and make it, use it to make uh, cool project crafty stuff. I'm going to go Wait, crafty stuff's not manly. Or something. Well, you have to, you have to say it's your but project. I'm making, yeah, I'm making exactly. crafty. This is my project. I'm, 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 cra- I'm making a project with wooden nails there you and go. paint. And it's like, oh, oh yes, yes, yeah. But mm-hmm. a paint gun. A paint gun. Right. There you not, go. Not a paint. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not painting. No. There, there's a, there's no fabric involved. No. <laughs> is it manly to sew? Uh, you could say I'm sewing up my wounds, my self-inflicted wounds from right. putting together my project with fishing yeah. line. Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay. There I just go. wanted to make sure that I was on the right. You know, that I, I had a full <laughs> understanding of that. Right. As long as you're sewing a fishing line, it's okay. As long as you're sewing up your wounds, it's. Fine. Well, is is the hook? Is is the? the you know, we're getting way okay, too in the weeds. Okay. Let's just <laughs> shut it down. Is it rusty? <laughs> yeah. No, just but it, 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 it's been interesting. <laughs> yes. Wait. What? The three. S- oh, oh, yeah. Oh, the oh. three signal. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that is not what I the, you, you know, said. It, it's interesting. It's um, I, I, I'm sure we could probably talk and, and sit down and have a much, much lengthier conversation about it, um, and come up with different points. And, and maybe it's a subject to revisit in the future or something. But yeah, but it, it just sounds like one, one of the things just from from today's episode that you guys all touched on was Frank. You said it at the, at the beginning, like the process of being is, is becoming, I mm-hmm. probably paraphrase that poorly, yeah, no. but, and, and, and then Galan, you echoed it at Cento and, and yeah. Joe, that you guys have to constantly assess when a new situation comes up, constantly evolve and learn. Uh, so like, like you were saying, Galan, the, the man or your idea about, about, uh, of what it, what it means to be a man has changed from five years ago, from 10 yeah. years ago. And it'll, Hopefully, be different five yeah. years from now, ten years from now. Um, so yeah. that's interesting. Point. You know, what's one of the things I just was just thinking about is that how I never anticipated technology impacting uh, my my ability to be a father in in the connections, the manhood of how much um, we have to be intentional about paying attention to what are they watching, what are they listening wow. to, right? Mm-hmm. Who's teaching my kids right now? Like my son got a sweatshirt. For Christmas, and I looked at it. And I'm like, I have no idea what those emblems mean. 
He's like, hey, Dad, it's one of my favorite guys on YouTube that I watch all of his. Uh, Logan Paul. Yeah. So it's. Yo. And I'm thinking, so who's this dude that's influencing my son? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, Let's that's, have that conversation. Oh. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, sure. oh. we, we talked about social media at one point, but it, I think that's even more relevant now because Ellie watches. She loves Guava Tree. It's a, one of those in, like sophomore kind of immature YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. And she's getting just as much from that as she is from Teresa and me because. Yeah. You know, and with YouTube, you can just click a video, and then five videos in, you are 10 degrees away from what you started with. Yep. And that, that's, a, that's a very, very interesting um, and relevant topic well, that to abs- discuss. Well, th- that has me questioning myself as to what do I really know about my sons. Right. Yeah. And then even the joke over the holidays when we spent all that time indoors that there's a PS4 in each room, and my sons are all playing the same game against one another. And I told my wife, I... I couldn't wait to see how our sons would interact, but I never thought it was going to be digitally. Right. <laughs> they're all, they're all on with right. your headsets. But at least they're not like s- split screen where they can cheat and, and say, right. no, 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 you're going down that hallway. Right. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, hear, yeah. I hear a lot of cuss words from the two older ones, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Oh, man. That they're like, no, dumbass. And oh, man. And, I, and I, so my wife and I get some laughs about it, but uh, yeah. So they're John, interacting at the same time, but through a game. I play with uh, I play video games with John online, and Teresa's like, your use of profanity goes up like 500% <laughs> when you're playing. And Ellie Piss picked it up, so she'll be playing. She'll be playing Minecraft, and she'll do something, and a couple of times we've heard shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Teresa just, just looks at daggers right at me. You. So <laughs> video games and golf will get me with the four-letter customers oh, man. pretty regularly. Yes, yes. That's I'm, funny. As, as you as you heard listening at the beginning of this episode, I am responsible. I have I use a lot of bad words. It's a bad thing. <laughs> right bad words well, by um, before we uh, move to our closing segment, just wanted to uh, give a shout out to uh, JB Junior's Taqueria again in Fort Worth on 25th and Loving Loving yeah, Loving it's, uh, 1426 Northwest 25th Street. Yes. Um, and apparently there's another one. And 308. That's North. the taco shop? That, that's the, the, well, so, yeah, the, the, the brief uh, story here is um, JB's is a hot spot. They're specialty or the tapatios and uh, come come out of the same town that my dad's from, Macuña, Coahuila. So if you come through here, anything on the menu is great, and the specialty is going to be the tapatios. you got to get them smothered with sour cream and cabbage and get they you some awesome. good. Like these guys, they, they went for the ranchero style, so they mm-hmm. went – they went knee deep in this stuff. I'm proud <laughs> of you guys. I am happy to go knee deep in that any time. That yeah. was good. Yeah, man. Thanks for inviting us out, and also uh, uh, thanks to Don Jesus, right, yes. that, that owns this and runs this yes. place. Uh, awesome. it, was, it was amazing. So uh, we will be right back to go ahead and close out another episode of the Detox Podcast. We're now back for. Fur, fur, was very light. Yeehaw! Yeah, it was here a, at the podcast, we got the <laughs> going down podcast. <laughs> it's time for the detox podcast dad joke of the week, That's and right. this week I am bringing a terrible joke to you guys. Hey guys, what does a vegetarian zombie eat? I don't know what. What's that? Grains. <laughs> I've heard that one Grains. before. I don't, okay. I don't yeah, think we've bad. used that one. <laughs> we got the we got the people in the restaurant laughing, so you know. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. 
<laughs> Excellent. Um, so with the dad joke of the week out of the way, that means it's time to bring this episode to a close. And the one thing that we normally do uh, at the end of our podcast is have the hashtag game. That's where right. We vote on the official hashtag for this week's episode. Joe, what are today's contenders? Yes, so we're a little light, a uh, little light today, but we've got hashtag dad voice and hashtag I feel manly. Mm. <laughs> I feel manly. My uh, my boy, my vote is for I feel manly. I, I like that too. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Cinto. Uh, I feel manly. <laughs> I feel manly. It is. Right. It's a clean sweep. I sweep. I feel manly. Yeah, I do. It's yeah, a five for five, five for fiver. It's a fiver. Oh. Cinto and Frank, thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Frank, uh, can you tell us again where uh, people can find out more about uh, Melanin Origins? People can find us. uh, We have a website, www.melaninorigins.com. We are on social media at Melanin Origins. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Cinto, where would people go to keep up with you and what you are doing in in uh, the Fort in Fort Worth? They can in follow the me Worth. in the Fort Worth, in the, yeah, yeah. Fort Worth. The Fort Worth the of all Fort Worth, Fort Worth. City. and even more specifically the north side of Fort Worth. The north right? side. So right. Thank you guys for coming out here again. Um, that was awesome. I've got a website. It's www.jacintoramosjr.com. Jacinto with a J. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Has. That's right. Go on. If people want to get in touch with the Detox Podcast, where would they do that? They would go to detoxpodcast.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S. There they will find links to our email address, our Twitter account, Facebook, uh, and then also you can find our Patreon, which basically if you're not familiar with what Patreon is, it's kind of like an ongoing GoFundMe. Um, You know, you you pledge a certain dollar amount a month, and for as little as $2 a month, you can get access to all of our bonus content. We do try to come up with bonus content for every episode. Sometimes we don't. Uh, we do try. Um, and there's other things, too. The further you get up, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at maybe doing T-shirts so people can get in on T-shirts. Or if you want us to help you know, uh, expand the holiday spirit, even though there's not any major holidays coming up. But you can have us call and, and seasonally appropriate pitch right here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's, a, you know, it's it's there, there's a lot of different stuff on there. If you have ideas, we're happy to hear it. And again, you can always email us at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Oh, Thank and also, if you if you're not listening to us on it, go to vocalnow.com. That's v o k a l now.com and you can find us there on the podcast page and yeah, that's the right a lot, of, a lot of good uh, streaming internet radio and po- other podcast shows right. on the vocal network so check it out you got it thank you so much for listening uh, spread the word to other dads if you think uh, that they would enjoy listening to the podcast and if you know of dads who have stories that need to be told let us know we'd love to have them on uh, until next time hashtag I feel manly <laughs> and hashtag be a better dad Special thanks to John, Justin, and Eddie for supporting the podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com. Vocal Now.